Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Give and Go. It's your boy Reynoso with my man Saltero. We are having an exciting tournament happen right now in Cameroon. Who's doing a great job hosting so far, honestly. Dude, I was so, I, I, I don't know if this is like bad to say, but I'm actually genuinely surprised at how well Cameroon have done hosting this fucking tournament, yeah, man. Yeah. All the stadiums tip top notch. The pitches actually look pretty clean and good. Like, and then I, again, I'm comparing it to other AFCONs of like Equatorial Guinea, Gabon, stuff like that. Not the best pitches, but Cameroon, everything looks really good. Yeah. Fans are out, everyone's enjoying it. I was a little worried that people People were going to show up because of COVID. A lot of the reports going into the tournament was that no one's going to go to these games because, you know, the Cameroons just aren't going to go because of COVID. But, dude, the games are getting packed, especially for those big matchups, yes. man. Yes. It's dude, exciting. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, both games today that I saw, the Nigeria and game and Egyptian, Egyptian game just yeah. had bigger crowds than before they're like the africans are like slowly yeah, and steadily yeah, yeah, yeah. like just showing up to the games more and it's probably a really good atmosphere and the games as well i've been really really entertaining you got good underdogs you got strong teams putting on shows you got like everyone really putting on these really fun exciting matches yeah to start off obviously i want to talk about that opener cameroon against burkina faso what an opening goal by sangare burkina faso player holy shit um, a, a goal worthy of opening any <laughs> tournament, bro. Yeah. Whether it's Afcon, Copa America, Euros, World Cup. Yeah. That's the type of goal you want to score. Yeah. When it's the first match of that tournament, beautiful lofting ball over the top, and then a gorgeous volley, yeah, smash it in the back of the net, ecstasy. Yeah. <laughs> and it was funny. The build up to the goal was funny too, because they had like two goal scoring opportunities right before it. Yeah. Where like it hit the post off of like a weird cross and just kept swinging it back and forth until like it landed. Yeah. It was like. It was like <laughs> A third try yeah. on the same play. Yes. Yeah, it's like it's just a, like a FIFA type goal with yeah. a banging end, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're um, the defenders, you're going through hell in that play. <laughs> yeah, you're like shit. Back Clear it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's how they started it off, and Cameroon ended up getting the. Uh, they got the win that game. They got they? the win through yeah. two penalties, yeah. though. And that's another thing I want to talk. I don't know if we talk about it now. But it's just the, the refereeing in, the, in this whole thing is in a little sketch, man. It's been a little sketch to the point where it's just like there's zero consistency. There's a lot of weird handballs and a lot of soft calls. Yeah. But And I'd be fine with that if it's in the middle of the pitch. You know, who gives a shit? But these are game-deciding uh, decisions. So I'm just like, you can't do that if you're a ref. You can't call the game, uh, whether it's a cheap penalty or taking away a goal that was just like, he calls a foul and are they going to really do, or, or was it actually a foul? You know, and to take away a goal or to give a goal, I don't think you can do that as a ref. And especially on this big of a stage, it's just so annoying. And you compare it to like European refs, stuff like that. It's just so apparent that, Refs basically outside of Europe, just not as good. It's so yeah, annoying. Yeah, I saw a really soft call, and I still want to stay on the group, but the soft call I saw yesterday was in the Morocco game yeah. against Gabon where the player, like, drifted by the keeper, and, like, yes, it was, like, minimal contact, but it maybe to, like, in real time it looked like it, but once you saw a replay, man, it was barely barely a breeze that happened within yeah. the play, and they call it penalty, and they didn't even bother to, like, look back on it and, like, really question it. Right. It, it's been the problem with VAR, though, I think everywhere. People tend to be pretty inconsistent with it. Uh, the Premier League has that same inconsistency, even Champions League, where it, it, I think that's what frustrates fans. But I do like it when, as we saw in yesterday's game, um, 
Oh, Malawi against Senegal. Malawi, yeah, where yeah. there was a penalty called, and they—that's actually the first good decision yeah. I've seen taken back in this whole tournament. Yeah. And there are so many other ones that they could have done that, but did it. But they finally got it right in that Malawi game. Thank mm-hmm. God. Yeah. So we'll see going <laughs> forward how yeah. they look within the VAR context. It's just always flaky. It's yeah. it's it's a concerning uh, issue of the sport. But I hope that they can figure it out because obviously the payoff can be great, man. If these games are well refed, they're already really good games. So. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I completely agree. So yeah, agree. Cameroon got the win. Burkina yeah. Faso lost, but they managed to win a game yeah. and they managed to tie a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now they're looking good. They got second place secured. Yeah. And they'll be in the knockout stages. Yeah, and I think Cape Verde got for sure a third place advancing mm-hmm. spot. Yeah. So they're through two. And I remember Cape Verde, man. I got a little anecdote on them. I remember watching them like six years ago in 2015. And I was like, damn, watch everyone watch out for Cape Verde. And I, I, I remember texting you a prediction. I was like, Cape Verde is yeah. going to make it to the 2018 FIFA World Cup. And man, did they get close. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, they didn't make it, but man. <sighs> they went, no, went kind of, for in the context of Cape Verde, they went deep that qualifying cycle yeah yeah, yeah they did that. they're aware but i do remember keeping up with them being like shit c- considering that they've never done anything in their history and that they made it that deep that year i was really proud of them they've been able to maintain a decent level of play since then but you know you watch these games now you, you see why they you know were at one time really really good i think they're still good now but I don't know. I think they just lack some offensive creativity, honestly. Yeah. I think yeah. they have good players. Yeah. Ryan Mendez, Gary Rodriguez. Uh, there's a Jamiro Montero, Philadelphia Union player. He's on the team. So they got good players, but they just lack, I think, overall cohesion creativity. Yeah. Eh. Final thoughts on Ethiopia. Dude, Ethiopia always make it to the AFCON. They, they're always here. Seriously, no, no, at least for the past decade, they always qualify for this tournament. Never do shit, unfortunately. <laughs> so it's like they, they, they're, they're so proud to be there. But, eh, you know, they're, they're good ball handlers. Mm-hmm. They, like, they like that possession-based type of play. Honestly, I think against all three teams, they actually had a big bulk of possession. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, they just don't have the quality. One thing I will say, though, about Ethiopia, which is crazy... Almost their entire squad is based in Ethiopia. Shit. That's a impressive. Local team. Local and they team, qualify. Man. Hey, good for them, No, man. good for them. That. That's, That's what I'm saying. Is like the, the, the coaches in Ethiopia should be proud. Yeah. They should be proud that yeah. all of the players consistently are able to compete against you know the highest level in Africa. Yeah, they're not going to win, but hey, yeah. they're always there. Yeah, always. Like, a, like a small country that's doing really well. It's like the... Uh, African Uruguay, you know, they just find a way to yeah, like generate yeah. talent. Yeah, they don't have the population. <laughs> they, they may not have the best facilities, but man, they just have the right mindset. <laughs> <laughs> Group B, we have Senegal, Guinea, Malawi, and Zimbabwe. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I guess for me, the biggest thing about this group is just how piss poor Senegal have yeah, been, man. Yeah, yeah. They're not doing shit. Yeah. And I, I think of Algeria in this way too. Both Algeria and Senegal made it to the AFCON final two or three years ago, I guess now. And they're both having weird tournaments. I think they're both going to eventually go through, although I think Algeria have to win their last game. Uh, Senegal, I think, made it through, obviously, at the top of the group, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's just weird, though, because you see, you see them at the top of the group. So if you're not watching them, you'd be like, oh, Senegal's doing their usual shit. But if you watch these games, it's ugly, man. They're not creating chances. They kind of look tired out there. I don't know. It doesn't seem like they have the passion to play right now. And this is why I'm kind of bringing the Algeria like topic here is because you always see, like especially World Cup, that World Cup curse. If you win the World Cup, then the next World Cup, you're just going to do really poorly. 
It's almost like, like, why does that happen? Because Algeria and Senegal made it to the final three years ago, and now they're both doing weird. Is it an, is it an yeah. ego thing? Is it what? Is it one of those oh, things where it's just that, like, oh, we made it to the top last time, so we're by default we're gonna make it this time, so yeah. they don't try as hard, and then you know they're up against the wall and they're like, oh shit, you know, no, now we actually have to play. Yeah, I don't know, like, what is that? Yeah. I think it, I think that applies more to Algeria than Senegal because Senegal was still able to qualify top of the group, but and we'll talk about Algeria in a second. But Senegal, I do agree that they they don't look convincing when I see them play, man. No, dude. They were before the tournament started. I was looking like just where each team ranks going into this game. Who are the favorites for the tourney? Yeah, Senegal's like a top three team in Africa. I, right I have now. Senegal minimum semis. Yeah. Anything less, and it's a f- complete yeah. failure. Yeah, and the way they're playing, yes, they got one win but the other two games were draws and they're just not dude, I, I do see the point of like too. they don't seem they seem to be like a little lazy out there they dude. look lazy dude yeah. they, it looks like they they don't have the motivation to play yeah which is just really disappointing because they have so much talent and that team three years ago looks so good so just build off of it but they're not well yeah it, it might it's just a question of, of what happens moving forward they could be playing like that in the group stage do they turn it up in the knockout they, stage and are they just back by default yeah or if they do end up losing in the knockout stages, is that the result of what of what that was? Maybe winning or going far in the last tournament and just getting in their heads, I guess. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. That's the question to answer about Senegal. Guinea, on the other hand, getting second place with four points. They look solid. I, again, I don't think there's any. Th- I, I, I'm not excited about Guinea personally. They have a good squad, man. But I, I'm not. I'm not excited about Guinea. I think there's there's three, four other teams in this tournament that have really caught my eye. Guinea's not one yeah, of them. Yeah, they're not one of them. Guinea's not one, one of them. No. Uh, one, one team, though? Malawi. <laughs> and I'm not even kidding, right. man. Dude, I fucking team, love why? this why team, Malawi? man. Because, dude, they, they play with so much passion out there. We saw that last game when the, uh, the keeper made a big save yeah. and the defender goes up to him <laughs> and hugs him. He's like, dude, thank bear you. Bear hugs him, dude. Bear, he's just, uh, there's so much love out on that pitch for each other. And and, and the thing is, this is why I bring in ego. I, we've mm-hmm. said that word mm-hmm. a lot on this, on this uh, channel. I think the reason why little teams like Malawi, Comoros, for example, getting the big win today, I think little teams like that do so well because there's zero ego. There's no reason for a player to come into that camp of that team and be like, all right, guys, like we're going to win every game or for them to think that they're the best player on the team because they're not. They're all playing low leagues. They all come from a really humble background. They're all really good considering their own context of where they came from. And now they all band together. Yeah. And they're like, all right, yeah. today we're playing Sadio Mane. Yeah. All right, today we're playing Mohamed Salah. You know, today yeah. we're playing Riyad Mahrez. And that that in and of itself is motivation to be like, let's see if we can get a point, boys. You know, <laughs> like that's dope. Yeah. It's so it's so cool to think about these players coming together. And a lot of these players playing in like semi-professional African leagues or sem or low, low tier European leagues. And especially this Malawian team. They like I think their best player plays like in South Africa. That's it. So it's so cool to see them come out and compete. Dude, yeah, and I, I think that's it's the, impressive. I think that's to credit like a really beautiful thing, but it's cool how soccer can translate things of the real world and life. I feel like Africans as a whole are very unified people. Yeah. Like it's very easy to put things inside to just unify, just work as a team. Yeah. You don't see El Salvador put, put, put the fucking <laughs> ego aside to fucking better the squad or no, like, to just improve. No. no, no, no. But Africans, time and time again, in the lower league, in the lower level teams, you see it a lot where yeah. they they realize that our best 
our best chance of winning is by just unifying Uni- and like yeah. working as as a as a whole unit. <sighs> and so that's the, that's the beauty of the Avcom, man. That's something that that this tournament has that not many other tournaments have is that just that general like I don't know appreciation of each Dude, other. It's it's that's the perfect <laughs> word to say. It's true appreciation. <laughs> he was hugging him, dude. He was hugging him like that, like it was yeah, his yeah, brother, yeah. dude. Like they're in a fucking, they're fighting in war and like. And yeah, dude. It's the same thing in the Comoros game against Ghana today. The defender makes a mistake. Uh, then another defender of Comoros comes in, gets the steal, and boots it. And he just yells at his own teammate. He's like, "Please, please <laughs> help me here. We like we can't we can't win unless we're together." Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. the guy took it. He's like, you're right. You're right. <laughs> and they ended up getting the dub. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing, too. When you see these lower teams celebrate a draw or celebrate like an, a victory, yes. it's, dude, it's their final for them. It's, it's, yes. it, that's what you would think just watching no, yeah, objectively. Yeah. They celebrate like it's the biggest one of their lives. Yeah. And it's just that, I think that's why it's so like, my serotonin levels are so high watching this yeah, tournament. Yeah, dude. Every game, it's like a it's like a big game for whoever's involved in it. It's no, it's no like real small, meaningless game. Every yeah. game has a level of meaning to it that I just love to yeah, see. Yeah, exactly. And I won't go in analysis until we get to the group. But for example, when Equatorial Guinea beat Algeria, dude, all of those all of those players play in third, fourth division Spain. Couple in second division. There's like one guy who plays in La Liga. Um, they'll be able to say. You know, to their kids in 10 years, they would say, I beat the defending African champions and I was a semi-pro player. Wow. It's so cool to yeah. say. And you get that a lot in Africa because there's so many just mid-tier, low-tier yeah. teams. Yeah. So many. And yeah. they, they all know that. They, they, you grow up in Africa. If you're not in Morocco, Egypt, Tunisia, you know you're going to have it tough. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. So they, you just accept it and you go out there and play. Yeah. You play your fucking heart out. And it's beautiful to watch. Going into the tournament, I I just wanted to pick a team to support going in, just to be a fan of, to be like, okay, this is a team I want to win. This is oh, the team okay. that I want yeah, to yeah, root yeah, for yeah, in yeah, this yeah. tournament, my team. And I chose Morocco, the Atlas Lions, because yeah. I love just their, their whole World Cup qualifying cycle four years ago when they were heading into Russia. Um, it was so fun to see them finally make it to the tournament. And, you know, they in a way, they sort of underwhelmed that tournament. But they For were me, still, they did. Yeah, they were still, you know, they, they like tied and they, they had like a few uh, chances. But yeah, I didn't get to see Always the full. Always kept it close. Yeah, I didn't see the full effect of what the team could have been. And I just, I've been wanting this tournament to be maybe their their version of self-fulfillment. <sighs> Blossoming. Of, yeah, of, yeah, of making up for that loss that lost opportunity back then. Yeah. And I've been watching their games and it's tough because they're, they won their first two games, right? They won them, and I don't know if that's a result of a weak group. I, I think it was just more so uh, the talent that they have on their team won them the matches, and that was really it. That's how I saw but it. But this last game against Gabon really exposed to me the uh, worries I guess I had about Morocco going in, that they don't have the same uh, force and the same dominance that a team like nigeria has that yeah that that yeah which i think is like the favorite right now but we'll Dude, talk about that soon. yeah we'll talk about that. um <laughs> but with the idea that i want morocco to win the tournament that game against gabon made me realize that it's gonna be tough for them it's gonna be tough uh morocco still tops the group with seven points but probably one of my favorite underdog teams in this tournament dude Gabon, dude. I fell in love with how they outplayed, completely outplayed Morocco yesterday, man. Dang. Yeah. I actually did, I actually have not seen Gabon play, bro. Okay. <laughs> I haven't seen a single one yeah. of their games. I've seen the highlights, obviously, but 
the only thing about Gabon that I have always seen tour- tournament in and tournament out because for the they, they've hosted like two tournaments or whatever mm-hmm. and now they've been able to qualify consistently they always have good players especially that uh that one guy he's like a left winger or something like that um really good player and obviously they have Obama Young and Lemina but they're not playing they're not playing they're not yeah. playing so it's kind of interesting to see that they're able to succeed right now without their two-star yeah. players whereas in past tournaments they had their star players and always did kind of yeah. mid but this is the best i've ever seen them play result wise yeah so let's see if they keep it yeah, up i love how they play they're like so aggressive and they have no fear and maybe not having an obamian goes back to your point of the lack of ego on a squad <laughs> Man, because I, dude this team is literally like all shots fired like everyone is on the same fucking page when you see them play yeah. uh, and i think they should have beaten morocco but a soft penalty and then an amazing hakimi free kick won them the match so yeah. it or tied them the match so yeah. still gabon qualifies in second they'll be fun to watch uh and in I, third buanga that's his name that buanga. was really hurt that was really hurting me it's buanga, uh, buanga. that's his name <laughs> and then third we have Como, uh, Comoros. 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 that's the that's the game i watched today against ghana and there was an early red card so Comoros were able to get some good goals in almost botched it conceded two so it was two two and then they, they got they got a good go-ahead Dumb. goal and won the game 3-2. But Komodos, their debut, I all like in their first AFCON ever. It's their first AFCON ever. I always love debut stories. Even if they go out there and lose every game, I love seeing a team play their first tournament. And hey, they got three points. Yeah. They're technically in third place. It'll be tough for them to ultimately move on. Cause they have I think they have a negative goal difference. Mm-hmm. But I mean, hey, they won a game in their first tournament. That's special. Yeah. No, that's cool. Good for Komodos then, man. Dude, good for them, that. man. I, I love it. A solid showing. Um, but on the contrary side of solid showings is probably one of the most disappointing squads out there. Ghana, man. Dude. Black Star. Such a, such a supremely dominant team of Africa for like 10 years. Yeah. Has now gone, gone Dude, they're just the going down. Taking back to the man. shed and shot, bro. These, <laughs> these dudes are... They don't know how to get out of the hole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, they it's, don't just, know. it's a decimating fall that they're experiencing. Uh, three games, one draw, two losses, one point out of the whole tournament. Yeah. That is their experience at AFCON. Um, it's no think? good. Yeah. I mean, it's no good. That they, they just don't look like a team that really has anything going for them. Yeah, they have Thomas Partey. Uh, the two IU brothers who are actually good. Those are good players. You would expect them to do a little bit more, but they just don't. Whether it's just up down to coaching, motivation, or just a string of bad results when you're just in a rut, it's really hard to get out of. I don't know what it is. I don't know what's going on with this Ghana team, but it's just really, really bad. Like for I, I, I don't see this. I do. I don't see this Ghana team honestly. Uh, doing anything of note for like the next five, six years. Like, I, I really don't see yeah, them doing I anything. See them. I can see them just being irrelevant for a good yeah, while. Yeah, just being pretty stagnant as a team. Yeah. I think the biggest surprise for me has, hasn't been the weird results of Egypt, I guess, considering obviously they have Mohamed Salah, El Neni, and a bunch of Alali players that always do really well. It's been Nigeria, man. Dude, they are running rampant in yeah. this tournament yeah. and have suddenly become for me the favorites yeah, yeah. just out of nowhere yeah and I, I i think the reason why i kind of underrated nigeria going to this tournament just has been their recent results like they they've, they've they're always there they're always in afcon they're always in the world cup always. but every tournament 
I I always think I say the same thing. Oh, Nigeria just, yeah, they did good, but they could have done better. I, I said that in 2014, 2018 World Cups. I say it in virtually every African Cup of Nations. But finally, finally, finally I dude. can say this Nigeria team looks good. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I yeah. completely agree. They got absolute studs on their team. Moses Simons is having the tournament of his life, bro. Dude, he... <sighs> <laughs> but that first game, I was like, dude, who is this guy? Because I didn't recognize him. I haven't seen him play club football in a long mm-hmm. time, honestly. I don't watch, I really don't watch League One, like French football. Mm-hmm. I really don't, other than maybe some PSG games. So I haven't really seen him play. But, dude, he's really, really good. Yeah. I remember he hit the scene like maybe three or four years ago. He got signed, I think he was playing like in Belgium or some shit, got signed by Levante in Spain. I was like, okay, this is cool. Let's see if he does anything. Couldn't break into the team at Levante. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Like there was so much hype about this guy and he just did, it just for whatever reason, it didn't work out for him in Spain. And then he just kind of, you know, went to the reserves of Levante and eventually just got to move out out where, but He's back. Yeah. And he's back with a vengeance, <laughs> goddammit. He's got something to prove. Yeah, dude. And he's he's playing so well right now. And it's just it's just good to see. Yeah. And then you have the other like Spanish based player, Chuqueze. Oh, Samuel yeah. Chuqueze, yeah. man. I've been a, such a fan of his since he hit the scene at Villarreal. And he's just on a meteoric rise. Such a good baller. Uh, an incredible dribbler and honestly just entertaining to watch and when you have simon on one week chukwesi on the other that's pure entertainment offensively dude yeah they are demoralizing these african defenses right now and to go to your point about nigeria and uh just the uh, perspective on them going into a tournament i think a good a good scope of how i feel about the nigerian team the one that i'm seeing right now is that you know, so often they're matched up with Argentina in the World Cups, right? Dude, and they and they, every so time that that matchup happens, I always think this is Argentina's game to win. Nigeria, if they get lucky, will have a chance. I think if we were to see this matchup now, present day, or going into this new tournament, like right, oh. this would be the first time that I would feel that Nigeria is is scary. That yeah. Nigeria can challenge. That Nigeria has a fucking squad behind them, yeah. and I love that, dude, because. You look at the you look at the team that they got, and it's just loaded at every position, yeah. and it has a type of depth that I haven't seen from an African team in a really long time. Where it's it's straight European, dude. Like yeah, a, dude. It's the whole squad. Yeah, absolutely. And all that's considering they're without their star striker, Victor Osiman. Mm-hmm. And just imagine if imagine if you had Simon Chukwueze delivering it to Osiman right now in this tournament, bro. They'd be averaging three, four goals a game, especially in a in a I would say a pretty weak group. So uh, they they already what they won all three games. Won I think the only team to do it so far. Only team, only yeah. team. Every other team, the second highest is seven points. Yeah, so. exactly. So yeah. The, this team is something else offensively, yeah. and that obviously is it's to say that their defense is just as good. Yeah. They just haven't been tested yet. We'll see in the knockout. Yeah, right. that's the only the only. I don't even know if it's a concern, but uh, the question I have is that they did have a fairly easy group. Yeah, yeah. Now that it's knockout stages, can they continue that momentum? Uh, but honestly, they are the on-paper favorites by far. Dude, by far. I'm really excited. You'll catch me team. at every Nigerian game. <laughs> I swear <laughs> yeah, to God, too, man, The fans are so fun, dude. <laughs> it's so energetic. I love it. Yeah. Um, Egypt, Sudan, Guinea-Bissau. For me, I don't know what type of expectations I had for Egypt, but it was a little bit higher than what I'm seeing. I'm not, I'm not going to say it was on par with, let's say, Morocco, Senegal, Niger- uh, maybe not Nigeria, but like even Tunisia, I kind of put higher than Egypt a little bit. 
but I still expected Egypt to do a little bit better. They've been they've been scrambling a bit. Mm-hmm. They've been scrambling mm-hmm. a bit in their games. They've had to work really, really hard to get some of their points, which I mean, I guess is a good thing because it shows that they have some grit and they're not just out there playing and oh maybe we get a goal. They're out there playing. Mohamed Salah is trying. Everyone out there is trying. Yeah, and obviously they're gonna get some good results. <sighs> I just, I, I don't know the ceiling that this team can reach. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to do on well the knockout round. I don't know if they're going to crash out in the next round. They, they easily could. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do. Yeah, I, I, I think their ceiling is uh, losing in the first round of the knockout stages. They have, their, their games have been interesting. It's not, unlike Nigeria, it's not convincing at all. No, it's just, dude. They, it's just uh, by, by results of just... I don't know, just pull, just grinding out a result. I guess it's is what grinding. they're doing. That, yeah. that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. They they have grit, and that they've yes. proven that. That's something to go off of, but it's not enough to to yeah to go deep in a tournament. Yeah, and it, it probably what's most concerning is that their side of the bracket, as it looks right now, okay, is is fully loaded, dude. You got uh, first place Cameroon on their side of the bracket, uh, and then Egypt. If Ivory Coast wins tomorrow, will face Ivory Coast top of the top of their group. So okay. it'd be okay. t- Ivory Coast against Egypt. Cameroon's right there beside them, and uh, whoever wins from the Egypt Ivory Coast game faces against uh, Morocco or uh, or uh, I think it's Malawi. <laughs> oh yeah. shit! So it's like a so like it's a it's a good underdog and like yeah, yeah, in Morocco. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's five strong teams right there on that side of the bracket. Egypt already. ain't winning, bro. Yeah, they're not, no they're not. Way. They, they got to get no, no, past no, 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 a, a no. pretty loaded side of the no, 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 of the no. of the bracket. Done. That that's done. Um, Bye bye, Pharaohs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How do you think this Egyptian team? This is a question I was asking myself today. Compares to the team from 2018. For me, going into 2018, Mohamed Salah was on like V rise. He was on V rise. He was he was the guy, the guy that was basically replacing Messi numbers wise. I know that's a little blasphemous to say. Yeah. But at the time, he was taking Liverpool to the next level. Yeah. European champions. Um. So just that alone got me so hyped for that same, Egyptian dude, side, man. Same. And then when Ramos came in and fucked that all up, <laughs> I cried, man. <laughs> I shed some yeah. tears. Yeah. And so as, as far as Egypt as a team, I just think they're a little bit more mature, which actually I think can be a bad thing in, in their case, considering they don't have the talent. Because yeah. I, uh, I think youth can go a long way to cover up lack of talent. Mm-hmm. Because at the time they had like Alwarda, a really good winger. They had uh, El Ghazi. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. El Ghazi. They also had uh, Ramana oh, Sobi okay. played yeah. for Stoke at the time, and at the time he was really really young and had a lot of unknown factors about him. But now he's like he's playing like in Egypt right now. I think with Pyramids FC, he's just lost it. Mm-hmm. He's out of form, <laughs> and I think he, and the rest of the squad is largely Egyptian based, largely either Alali or Zamalek. Two really good clubs. I mean, consistently winning African Champions League, but it's just like I just don't think it's enough, man. And yeah, you, you see it on the pitch. You see it. Yeah, it's unfortunate, man, because I also had that illusion that this Mo Salah, the level that he plays at, can can be the type of guy to fucking carry a team to oh, an man. incredible run. Yeah, but he just does, he's never had the surrounding pieces to even be enough to be a Cinderella team in like the World Cup never. or to like or to even like challenge for an Afcon uh, trophy. Because it's just, it's not enough, man. Yeah. It's not. And it's just sad to see, man. It I think sucks. I think that's just the cruelty, but also just how how 
team-based soccer is that you can't no matter how good you are as an individual player oh, yeah, at the end of the day it's about the team and so yeah uh Salah is reaping the effects of that man like yeah. of fully so regardless they qualify maybe there's a chance we'll see <sighs> there's no chance but <laughs> from the give done. and go crew not looking They're so good done, man bro. forecast ain't looking so good all right and lastly guinea bissau uh, with one point man. they got they got undone in their game against egypt they should have tied and that honestly, arguably, maybe what got Egypt qualified was the ref. Um, they got undone. If you look at that highlight, uh, I think it was his name was like Mam, like M A M E. I don't know how to pronounce it. Mama is what I'm going to say. Um, beautiful goal, beautiful goal. If you haven't seen it, oh please. yes, I know what you're talking yeah. about from the corner of the From box. the corner, dude. Bat battles, battles, dude. Goal the attorney if, if they count dude. that. Oh my god, it, it was so good. Goes to the corner. Of the, goes to the corner of the 18 yard box. Bends it. Golasso. Yeah, yeah. And the refs like. <laughs> And <laughs> goes to the fucking corner. I'm like, no, 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 please, yeah. please. If yeah. there's a god, please. Yeah. And he calls a foul. But if you look at him, man, the idea is this: he put his arm on the defender's shoulder. But the 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 mom is bigger, and he's also just taller. So of course his his arms just gonna naturally be there. What you have to look for if you're a ref is force. You have to look for direction. You have to look if he grabs it and pulls. If he grabs it and pushes mm -hmm, down, mm -hmm. he didn't do any of that. He just put his arm there. Yeah, and the thing there. is, the defender had his arm around his fucking ass. So it's just like, where, <laughs> where does it end, man? <laughs> so it's just like, it's a bad call because as a ref, you can only overturn a decision if it's clear. Yeah. If it's clear and obvious, you cannot tell me that that was a clear and obvious foul. You can't. Yeah, man. Should have been a goal. And Egypt reaped the benefits from that. Yeah. It is what it is, and it just pisses me off. Well, I mean, up top is Ivory Coast, who, as you just mentioned, Pepe on the wings, uh, a really exciting attacking front. Um, what's the outlook on Ivory Coast this time around? They've always been an interesting team, man. Uh, yeah. I remember they made like two World Cups in a row. I think it was 2006, 2010, or was it 2010, 2014? Yeah. I don't remember, but they, they were active in the World Cup. They were active. And... Uh, uh, yeah. You know they had they had some in, some interesting heights, but uh, is this the team that that trumps those 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 teams from the past? I think so. So yes, Ivory Coast made it in 2010, 2014, both times uh, led by Drogba, right? Yeah, and just led by uh, the guys that have have always been there, like they're legends at mm -hmm. the time. Toure, yeah, yeah, Toure. Toure. Uh, obviously, helming the team, getting them to these World Cups, doing really really well. But this team, I think, is better than those. I really do. I think this is their best generation of players because from front to back, all of their players are playing in the best leagues. And all of the players are in really, really good form right now. Wilf Wilfried Zaha, uh, you know, Crystal Palace is best player for the last like four or five years. You have Pepe. Who, I mean, yeah, he's obviously still a little young, making some mistakes, but he's still playing for Arsenal in the best league in the world. Um, Sebastian Haller. Scoring goals like crazy right now in the Netherlands with Ajax. Uh, doing really well in the Champions League yeah. too. And then uh, when you go to the midfield, you have uh, Kessier, who's been playing in Italy for like six years now, it feels like. He's been there forever. Ex-Atalanta player now playing with Milan. And Milan are like, what, second place right now in Italy? Kessier's part of that team. They're doing so well right now. And then they also have that depth too. You can, they're able to bring on players like Max Grottle, 
who scored a banger in their first game, he doesn't even need to start because they don't need him. For me, this Ivory Coast actually uh, kind of balances up to Nigeria right now. Ooh, I okay. think Ivory okay. Coast, for me, are the second favorites behind Nigeria okay. solely because of how well-rounded they are. Now, the thing is, it looks bad considering the results that they've gotten because they didn't necessarily dominate in their first game against Equatorial Guinea, and obviously they drew against Sierra Leone. But if you really look, if you watch the full 90 minutes, they should have won both games pretty easily, honestly. Um, I think if they just kind of fix themselves, realize their mistakes, I think this team is going to go far. Yeah. Yeah. And I also, I th- also think that's a result of those teams not being as weak as people think they are. Both of them. Equatorial Guinea, so. yeah, obviously they're not as strong as an Ivory Coast or even Algeria, but they're a good, like an okay team. That's why they're able to get a result against Algeria. Yeah. Sierra Leone, I like how they're organized. I like how yeah. they work. And yeah. so I think, yeah, the way the Drew worked out is that these teams actually aren't as bad as people thought. And yeah, you get the occasional tie like Ivory Coast against Sierra Leone, but yeah. still they're top in the group. They're just as scary as you as you said uh, against Ni- as Nigeria. If anyone hasn't seen a game from Equatorial Guinea in this tournament, fuck you. That's what I have to say. Fuck you. <laughs> this team is incredible, man. It's passion. It's entertainment. It's loose defense, which always makes games fun. And it's it's pretty good offense. Like it's not it's not the best. They're not gonna like string together more than like six passes. But it's <laughs> it's direct yeah. and it's like it, it's meaningful. Like when they want when they want to attack you, they're gonna try. And and if you're caught sleeping, they will score. And that's this Equatorial Guinea team. But let's not even talk about the soccer aspect first. Let's talk about the bizarre yeah. fact that this fucking team speaks Spanish. (laughs) Honestly, it feels like we're in an alternate universe where all of Africa speaks either French, Arabic, or some sort of like sub-Saharan African language. And then there's one there's one country that's they're the Spanish. only spe- Spanish speaking country. They're the only Spanish speaking country in all of Africa. Now there are some Portuguese countries. There are some Portuguese countries. There's like I think three or four Cape Verde, Sao Tome, Angola, and Mozambique. Angola's Portuguese? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But Equatorial Guinea, Spanish. And it huh. honestly seems like we're in an alternate universe. Like it shouldn't have happened. It shouldn't have happened. That yeah, way. yeah. You go to you go to the other million universes out there. Equatorial Guinea either speaks Portuguese or French. I guarantee it, man. I, I guarantee it. Damn, it, it's so weird. Yeah, just seeing the lineup. They all have like African last names, but Spanish first names. You have like Carlos Acapo. You know, and, and the, is it, it Catalan Spanish or is it uh, uh dude? I don't, I don't know. Mexican Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's de- it's definitely like I, I wouldn't say Castilian, like Madrid, like type of Spanish. Okay, I'm gonna guess. Damn. Okay. Yeah, it's it's really absurd. Honestly, you have like Emilio, and then you have like Ensue, which is like Whoa. a weird like African type of like last yeah. name. It's just really really interesting to see stuff like that. I don't know. It's just fun to see. Yeah. And I love the football, man. I yeah, love it. Yeah. And, he, <laughs> um, and there's this one player I want to highlight. There's one player, and that's their captain, Iban Salvador. This fucking guy, man. <laughs> you you, you got to watch this guy play because he's, he's crazy. He's their like center midfielder, and he's actually pretty good. He covers a lot of space, and he facilitates. Box to box. Box to box. Yes, absolutely. In every sense of the word. And he facilitates their offense. So as soon as he retrieves the ball, he's the guy that gets the offense going. He distributes it or he penetrates with a little dribble, passes out wide, 
gets it to their wingers or gets it to their forward. And then once they have offensive possession, he kind of just sneaks around. Yeah, yeah. He sneaks around looking for the ball. You know, he just pops out of nowhere and then tries to like either score a banger or you know put in a a, a crucial cross or a crucial penet- penetrative pass. Really interesting player. And um, I think he's like 26, 27, right in his prime. Plays in the second division of Spain. But what most gets me about this guy is just his demeanor. He's uh, he's got like he's got his hair dyed red for Equatorial Guinea, and um, he's feisty as fuck, man. I I, I mean that in every sense of the word. Every time, like he, anyone ever touches him, he's on the ground. <laughs> he's on the ground, writhing in pain, man. But the thing is, he sells it every time. Every time ref blown his whistle, Iban Salvador's got the free kick. This man Shit. draws fouls, bro. Shit. He draws fouls, and it's just so funny to watch because he'll he'll just be like dribbling, dribbling. You know he's not going anywhere. You know he's not going anywhere. Touch on the ground. He's he's on the ground, writhing in pain. Begging for a card, but then also like touching his face, you know, that type of player. Yeah. It's, it's funny because you don't see that a lot in Spain. So I would love to actually see him play in Spain. Right, with that s- approach to the game. Yeah, dude. The, with that approach, like, do his teammates, like, hey, Iban, get the dude, fuck I, up, I, man. Yeah, man. I, I just, I <laughs> like, feel like do they I'm, accept that over there? He- I feel like I'm hearing the fucking, the, the, the dream Liga MX player in the fucking flesh, bro. Yes. He can speak Spanish no, yes. already. He can penetrate no, no, defenses no. from the midfield. Oh he knows how to draw fouls, but do it effectively. <laughs> and he's got that fucking... And he's dramatic as fight. fuck. Yeah. <laughs> he's dramatic as fuck. This guy has to go to Mexico. He has to play in Mexico because he would immediately be a fan favorite. And <laughs> there was this one play when they were playing Algeria. He's just on the wing alone. Three Algerian defenders. No Equatorial Guinea player in sight. So he's going nowhere. He draws the foul. You see in slow-mo, he barely gets touched. And he's on the ground, writhing in pain, asking for a card. I think the defender's Ben Lomry. And Ben Lomry, this is his third time he's fouled Salvador. And the ref's like, hey, one more time, you're getting a card. <laughs> and Ben Lomry's t- he's like, what? He goes to Salvador, and he's like, please, please get up. I'm begging you, stop doing this to me. <laughs> he's pleading with Salvador and Salvador is gaslighting him. <laughs> he's like, no, 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 you touched me. You touched me. <laughs> it's, it's bizarre that this player even exists yeah. in that side of the world. Dude. You just don't see that. And so if you want to see a Guinea game, Equatorial Guinea game, watch it for that guy because the guy's he's got everything. Drama, actual skill because he's pretty good and it's just fun to see Ecuador and Guinea because they have a chance to go on the knockout round. a chance dude and so that's gonna be really exciting <laughs> it's gonna be so fun uh, did you see that uh Mali Tunisia game see what happened at the end no I didn't bro I didn't. <sighs> it was so bizarre yeah there's clips on it on YouTube and stuff already uh, honestly it was it was like everywhere like in you know fucking sports news or whatever like uh, Sky Sports uh, BT Sports stuff like that in Europe but um I've never seen this happen in a game. And I, we've watched a lot of soccer, man. And that's the thing. It's like one of those things where you do something long enough, you start seeing weird things mm-hmm. happen. This is one of those mm-hmm. things, man. Um, it only makes sense if you really watch like the whole second half to get a full context of it. Really? Yeah. You can see it. You see it happen if you watch the clips, but it it's bizarre if you watch the whole second half. Because uh-huh. the whole second half, there's a lot of fouls. There's a lot of stoppages and there's a lot of VAR stoppages right so you'd naturally think oh minimum five minutes of stoppage time at the end of the game minimum there was like three var occasions three 
Wow. And on top of that, there was a bunch of cards, you know, it's, okay. it's minimum five minutes. The referee blows his whistle to stop the game at the 85th minute. Why? He thought it was over. <laughs> oh, because it. his watch said it was, apparently his watch said the game was over. So he's like, okay, I guess that's it. And then he realizes his watch was wrong. And he's like, oh, sorry, sorry about that. Sorry about that. Uh, let's uh, let's get back on the pitch. Let's get back on the pitch. The Tunisian staff is already like pissed. They're like, "What the fuck is Whoa, going on?" Yeah, yeah. They're like, "What's going?" Because at this point, they're losing one zero. Yeah, uh, Molly up, um, and they're like, "What the fuck is going on?" Like they're they're, they're getting really mad. And the refs like, "Hey, I'm sorry about that. Sorry about that. Let's keep the game going, right?" And then, so you think, okay, he's gonna he's gonna let this happen. Stoppage time's gonna come up five, six, seven minutes. Right? There's a red card. There's a cheap-ass red card against Mali like a couple minutes mm -hmm. later. So now Tunisia had the advantage trying to equalize. The referee blows the whistle 15 seconds before the 90th minute to call the game. What? And that was it. What? Bizarre. No stoppage time, and he didn't even let the full 90 play out. And there was three VAR occasions as well in the game. In the game throughout the I second thought you half. Were, I thought you were telling the story you were going to head towards like he added like 20 minutes of stoppage time. <laughs> oh, no. The opposite. It's he the added, opposite. He added negative stoppage time. <laughs> <laughs> it's the opposite. And at this point, bro, chaos. The Tunisian staff, their coach, who honestly looked like he was in the mafia in the 80s, goes out, runs at the ref. He's like, hey, 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 hey. They're just, they're, they're like... They're like, what is going on? Yo. Like, we're getting fucked. We're getting fucked. We're up a man. We have like at least five minutes left. We can get an equalizer. And the ref's just like, no, man, game's over, bro. Dude, what is that about? What is that about? That's weird, man. Africa, African refs can get sketched, dude, bro. He was ready to I've, leave, man. <laughs> he wanted like to get out of there, Five minutes bro. early, his Uber was ready, dude. He needed a dip, <laughs> he bro. He needed a dip. He's like, no, I got a date, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. shit. All that, all that came of it afterwards. Uh, Tunisia filed a complaint to like CAF, the African yeah. Federation, and the, they were just like, "We're sorry about it. We do recognize there was a mistake." Apparently, the ref forty minutes after recognized that he had fucked up and tried to get them all back on the pitch. Oh but, my god! But Tunisia denied it because they were already in the showers. They were like, "No, yeah, we're not going to yeah, get back yeah, out there. Yeah. We're, not, we're not. We're demoralized." Yeah. And he was like, "Shit, sorry." And all, all the Federation said was, look, uh, we're sorry. The ref is usually good. And we're, uh, he said he was dehydrated. He huh. said he was dehydrated, which made, you, which made him made questionable decisions. Huh. Which I kind of believe. Because if you see the highlights or the replays, the ref looks a little out of it. He looks like he's dazed. Or like he's high or some shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he look, it looks out of it. Yeah. Which is just weird man. yeah yeah if, i mean yeah if you're a ref and you're out of it you have to tell the other ref so he can go in your place damn i'm not surprised it happened against molly <laughs> <laughs> hey and the, talk about molly though because they're having a great tourney they're having a great tourney they're doing really well solid team and honestly uh my i, I would say my third surprise team out of this tournament okay. so if it goes nigeria ivory coast i think molly have played the third best football in this tournament and that's saying above Morocco, above Tunisia, yeah. who's in this group. I think Mali have played some really, really good football. Above Cameroon? Ah, fuck. Cameroon's Maybe on seven points. Cameroon's man. done really, really well. But I if just, Mali wins, they'll be on seven as well. I, I just think Cameroon were in a slightly weaker group. I'll just be completely okay. honest. I think, I think Mali okay. had, had tough, tough work against Tunisia for sure. Mm -hmm. um, 
and they were able to win it. But Molly's doing some fairly good football, and <laughs> that's really all I got to say about them. But dude, they have like they have like four or they have like four players with the last name Triore. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, that's like a like it's like a Rodriguez or whatever. No, that's what I'm saying, bro. And it's like they're all they all have like uh they they all have like interesting first names like Nos Triore, Maluda Triore, Hatterim Triore. They're starting to sound like anime characters, bro. <laughs> you got like Shin Godzilla, <laughs> Mecha Godzilla, Space Godzilla. You got Nos Triore, you got Maluda Triore, you got Hatima Triore. It's Jeez. ridiculous, yeah. bro. It's just fun to see. Yeah. <laughs> but I really like this Molly team, man. It's They're good to see, see, man. It's good to see. It's good to see repetition like that in a team, man. Uh, Fog, dude, how you call for the ball? <laughs> 14, 14, That's what I'm saying, man. 12. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I, I think when I look at AFCON, this has been, really been my first experience, like really diving into AFCON. I'm comparing it a lot to like Gold Cup, oh, yeah, to yeah, yeah. Copa oh, America. This is, this is fun to do. To uh, Euros. It's my first AFCON where I'm fully in it. And I think I'm, I'm genuinely impressed with how they've gone about it this tournament. Yeah. But I have a couple of questions that I, that I do have to ask. Um, how does this AFCON compare to the past AFCONs? Um, and um, like quality-wise, like what, what it, is this the best quality that we've seen from, from African teams in general too? Like are we seeing the best teams at the best tournament so far? in terms of Africa is that what we're seeing because I'm loving what I'm seeing man yeah yeah no I'm I'm loving what I'm seeing too for me this is definitely the best afcon as far as what you just said level of play everyone's level of play even the weakest teams yes high yes and look at Gambia they're also debutants and they're about to go to the next round Gambia's doing incredible and they have they have nobody, dude. Literally a bunch of nobodies. Their coach look like looks like he's a, a meth head from Michigan, dude. <laughs> he, it looks like yeah, he went, it yeah. looks like he went uh, to vacation in Africa, got lost, and ended up just staying there and becoming a coach. <laughs> the man looks crazy, but he's leading this team, and they're doing so well. Yeah. I think their best player actually plays like in Italy, which is actually pretty good. Barrow, Barrow. that's his name. Uh, really good players, and then the rest of them. Hard workers press the ball, get the ball back. And then on top of that, everyone's just good ball handlers mm -hmm. now. Everyone's good at passing. And I, I, the only thing that honestly separates like the best teams from the worst teams is just consistency. Like, oh, uh, you know, Ivory Coast, Nigeria, on average, will just have better uh, accuracy of passes. Yeah. But the weaker teams, they'll have those same passes within a game. They just need one to get them through and they can score, right? So though every team can compete in this tournament, and it's just so fun to see. Yeah, and I compare it a lot to uh, to Gold Cup. Yeah, because these are two regions that right now we I like to like gauge uh, where they're both at. We've said in one of our previous videos that Africa was on the rise, and that Africa could take on the best Concacaf teams. Yeah, I think so. But dude, Gold Cup is not at is not at this level of no. of. Um, I think like the talent disparity is huge. The gap is big. You never see a team like. Uh, like fucking El Salvador make a deep run in the Gold Cup, no. or or uh, fucking Haiti like do something in the Gold Cup. It, it, whereas in the Afcon, I feel like there's that there's that genuine chance there. Yeah, dude. Uh, even if it's not the most convincing team, I, the way they play right now uh, gives them a shot that I really like to see. Uh, Copa America too. It's like usually the top two teams. Yeah, maybe no matter a, what, may, no matter what, no matter maybe what. like a third that yeah. just comes in. No. Afcon is different. Afcon is different. Euros, I think, is always going to be the best. 
because uh, there's just more just there's big so teams, much. so yeah. there's you there's know. so much, and yeah. you know you get a, you get that satisfaction of like small teams like Iceland having their deep runs in there too. Like you do get a lot with the Euros, but Afcon was really surprised me in just how much quality they were they were to provide and entertainment to, to to like the average viewer. If you give it a chance, you will be yeah. rewarded, yeah. which is which is really cool. I don't know if you can get that. Out of like a gold cup, man. No. I don't. Unless you like support a team, you don't get like <laughs> central objective entertainment. It's, it always has to be based on like the team that you support. Yeah. I, I, for me, I, I think there's a couple of factors here. So for me, the way I see it, I think gold cup actually compares a lot to the Asian cup. More mm. more uh, like line for line, mm-hmm. like pound for pound, gold cup compares to the Asian cup because you have the top teams, Mexico, US, right? In CONCACAF. And then in Asia, you have the top teams, which is almost always Japan, Korea, or Australia. Almost always. Recently, Qatar and Saudi Arabia have been doing well, thank God. But for like the last, like, I don't know how many Asian Cups, it's the same three teams. Same with the Gold Cup. It's the same two teams, right? Mexico and US. Yeah. Um, and then the rest can compete, but never to the extent that we're seeing at the AFCON right now. Yeah. And I think, Af- I think you can compare Copa America to Euros kind of just because of the big names and for me africa cup of nations is on its own fucking planet dude it's it's just it's its own tournament and as far as like the lowest teams of the low still have players playing in europe and you can't say that about the caribbean teams right you can't say that about the central american teams you can't say that about india vietnam Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh you know those uh, Jordan Oman, although Oman's doing really well, I know, but we'll get that's for another topic. But you can't say you can't say about those low tier teams in those regions. But you can say that about in Africa, just because there's that connection, there's that French connection, or there's that somehow there's that Italian connection. Or they you, found ways to, say, to integrate themselves into those leagues now. That's oh, what, absolutely. That's something I've known about Africa. Yes. Like honestly, as recent as like the past four years, dude. Yeah, dude. They, they have get a in presence there. now in yeah. Europe. Yes. Which is something that no other continent outside of europe has been able to do as well even south americans unless you're argentine or brazilian don't get there but there's gambians playing in europe (laughs) (laughs) it's it's, it's bizarre there's tanzanians playing in europe right now yeah uh there's uh i think what was aston villa signed a tanzanian like two years ago it's crazy so that yeah you're right the presence that africa has in europe is so much higher when you really think yeah. about it. It's kind of it's, it's so noticeable. Yeah, yeah, and I wonder going forward, what does this mean for Africa as a region, uh, a footballing region? What heights can they achieve if they continue at this unprecedented range of just growth? Yeah, like maybe this World Cup is just the first sign of things to come for Africa. Maybe they keep progressing and growing, and we see even more star players emerge onto like big league teams uh, and start taking over like yeah, or start really yeah. challenging becoming like a third a third uh competitive region where, where right now it's like europe and south america right maybe africa ends up being that like third that that, that so shows up dope. i think that'd be great for the oh sport man God. to just have some variety there and to yeah. have a new uh, a new power a new force to challenge yeah. the the hierarchy of soccer dude that's why that's why i'm so disappointed that algeria and senegal have had dud tournaments so far because if anything, I just want the good teams in Africa to continue their progression. Right. For that reason. For that right. sole reason to just compete at the highest level just to unbalance the hierarchy. <laughs> but that's the thing. The, that's it's the thing hard, we, we keep saying is that it, that for Africa, it's the number one thing is consistency. It's consistency. And we just see it when it comes to, to down to things like that. But my thing is that at some point that has to end. No, <laughs> at some point, <laughs> at some point, there's gonna be an African team that's just 
always consistent. Yeah, 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 and it's yeah, just yeah. gonna be a part of their DNA. Yeah, <laughs> it's just built differently. At some point, <laughs> At some it point, just, it's just gonna be comes built together, bro. Yeah. yeah. We'll see what happens. Thank you.